Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. I'm here again with Mike. He's with us at the Set for Life Studios. <laughs> Which is basically two mics mounted to a, ca- a table. <laughs> but I call it a studio. What hey, do you think? why not? Uh, it's, it's a studio to me. Yes, sir. So we're glad to have everybody here again, and we're thankful for all the play counts we get when we have the guest edition where somebody besides just me is talking. For some reason, y'all like it when Mike is here and when somebody else is talking besides just me. What are they saying about me, Mike? Well, I don't know, <laughs> but I get to listen to you weekly, which I think is invaluable. The regular teachings that you do at church that you put out and you do share on Set for Life Radio, I think are critical for Bible-believing Christians these days and people who are looking for more than just, you know, things that are hopeless in the world or empty or whatever i think the truths that you cover for us and you dig and he believe me for all of you who are listening pastor ray jensen digs the word of god uh he spends many hours i dig it and i he, dig it yes he dig and he digs so i appreciate him personally and and as far as a pastor because he does genuinely look to see what the true word of god is saying not only for himself and us as a congregation, but when he shares with those who listen and for the brothers and sisters in Christ around the world to share these uh, these truths. Well, I appreciate that. The Word of God never returns void. You know, Mike, one time I had this guy tell me, he goes, Ray, you you don't teach like a pastor. You teach like a Bible college student. And I said, because that's what I was for four years. I was a Bible college student. Right. right. <laughs> and they told us how to dig this stuff up. And that's what I do. And, you know, that's just it. So, um, you know, I've also had people well, that that's not the way you preach the word of God. Well, how do you how do you do it? How do you preach it? You preach it like I do. And oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Well, uh, yeah. OK. Uh, it's line by line. You're hearing the word of God. And that's it. So, guys, thank you all for listening. And uh uh, thank you for dealing with my redneckisms. I'm from Texas, fifth generation Texan. And for those of you who are not, there's always forgiveness, okay? <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I just say it as I can say it. Some of those Hebrew names really chew me up, Mike. I can't always say them. Uh-huh. Uh, it took me a while to say, oh gosh, what was his name? Ahasuerus. Uh-huh. And I probably even messed that up. King Ahasuerus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can say hallelujah. That's a, That's some <laughs> Hebrew I can do. But anyway... Here we are today again, and uh, me and Mike got to talking about the fact that we love the fact that uh, the Lord Jesus gives us peace. Right. He gives us peace. Mike, I couldn't sleep at night. And I don't mean just a kind of a peace of, okay, turn the lights off, get the fan blowing, uh, you know, put on some background music kind of peace. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about inner deep peace. That means you're not all 
bent up and stressed and depressed mm-hmm. and, and messed up all the time. It's a peace that gives you comfort beyond the comforts of the world. Mm-hmm. And Mike, I think that only comes from one place, doesn't it? Yes. Who, who does it come from? Well, it comes from the presence and the love of God within us through the Holy Spirit that it's more than the absence of trouble. That's not the kind of peace we're talking about. It's an assurance. It's a knowledge within us of the love of God, the, that we can trust him and that he is pure and holy and he will watch over us. And again, doesn't mean an absence of trouble or trial in our lives, but that he is always present there to be with us. Mike, how many people do you think claim to trust the Lord or so they will say so? Yeah, I trust in God. Yeah, I I believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But the way they're living their life proves they really don't. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, and our action, like the saying goes, actions speak louder than words. When it really, the rubber meets the road and things really get real in your life, how do you deal with it? Right. Do you try to do it all on your own? Do you run to everyone else except the Lord first? You know, are we praying? And it makes me think of King David when he was, uh, God was preparing him to be the king of Israel. Every time before he faced something, he inquired of the Lord. Does our trust in God that supposed to bring peace, are we inquiring of him regularly in areas in our life? You know, a lot of the people, I'm so glad I found Jesus, so glad I found him. Well, I gave my life to the Lord, and they say, you know, uh, nobody gets to date me unless they're in the Lord. Nobody gets to marry me unless they're in the Lord. And Mm -hmm. then you see them go off into worry and drama and trouble and and all these anxieties. And it's just like, wait a minute, did you say you were trusting in the Lord mm-hmm. or they worry and they come to you and they say, Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. And I've got this going on. How do I, and they're just distraught mm-hmm. and wait a minute. Are you trusting in the Lord? Well, yeah. Well then why are you, you see it, it, there's it's oil and water shouldn't mix kind mm-hmm. of, kind of a thing that they're, they're, they're really worried about. So I catch myself getting the same way. Mm-hmm. I let things get to me, but I have to come snap back to it. Mm-hmm. That The Lord offers me peace. And I think that's an important thing to talk about. I mean, gosh, today people are looking at politics mm-hmm. and they're getting all bent out of shape. Oh, this president, we can't stand him. Oh, we got to get him out and mm-hmm. he's going to ruin the country. And everybody's all bent up. Oh, they're going to take all our money. Wait a minute. What about the Lord? Mm-hmm. What about peace in the Lord? I think it's very, very important. Mike, I think we have a verse here that we want to read to everybody mm-hmm. in John sixteen thirty three. Uh, what does that say, Mike? It says... And this is the Lord speaking. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's nice to know that he let us he let us know early tribulations right. going to come. He didn't say it might. Right. What does it say? It says you will. <laughs> uh-huh. And you know, I've the those who may teach that or think that the Bible promises a lack of trouble, a oh, lack of, of stress, or absence of it. Uh, it doesn't. No. He says, look, you know, you will have tribulation. So he told you ahead of time, but why did he say to take heart? Because he had overcome the world. You know, it, uh, something that shocks me, some, well, I don't know why it shocks me. Uh, I'm talking to somebody about the gospel and they seem to want it. They mm-hmm. seem to like they are really wanting it. But as soon as they get through the accept Jesus part, 
the first thing they say is, so when are all my problems going to go away? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. Did you say this prayer just for the problems to go away? Or did you say it to accept Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Wh- which was it? Is it to get rid of the problems so you can be mm-hmm. free and go do what you want? Or is it so you can accept Jesus and go do what he wants? And it always it kind of troubles me a bit when people say right after, okay, so when do my problems go away? It's like mm-hmm. it's like they're not even on track with salvation and eternity mm-hmm. and the blessing of God. It's just when do my problems go away? Right. Because I got agendas I got to do. I got things. Wait a minute. You need to follow the Lord. But what I like here is how he said in the world you will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. It's going to be here. There, there's no way you can live on this earth. And not have trouble. But that's the peace he's trying to offer is that, hey, but even though the tribulation's there, I overcame the world. Right. He's got this. Well, he himself, when he was here, look at the life of our Lord for teaching the true kingdom of God, the true gospel, and the true word of God. People hated him. They hated his guts. They wanted to kill him. You know, We want to do what we want to do. Right. He's so messed with their tradition of the day and their way of living of the day that they wanted to, you know, his own hometown, I think, wanted to throw him off a cliff in one time. I mean, that sounds like tribulation. But he went beyond that. He wasn't sent here to fulfill their idea of tradition or their idea of what Messiah should be. He was here to do the will of his father. And that's how he said he overcame the world. By his death, burial, and resurrection, and promised coming return. So he says, hey, look, for now you're going to have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. And there's much more to that, but we're not discussing all that right at the moment. You know, something that really comes across my mind is how Peter wanted to walk on the water to Jesus Christ. And he got out and he walked, and he was walking okay and doing just fine until he saw the wind probably looked at the waves and all the problem. Okay, the tribulation, the trial, the bad things going on, and then he sank into it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was right there. It's like, hey, hey, uh, eyes up here, buddy. <laughs> He's yeah. like, reach out and grab my hand. You a little faith, why do you doubt? It, it's uh, So wasn't long after that, they got to shore. And w- when I realized when you're on shore, who cares if there's waves? Because <laughs> yeah. you're on shore now. Just right. stand on shore and look at the waves. Hey, waves, you can't touch me. I'm on the shore now. Mm-hmm. But Peter had a real moment where he had to determine he had to, he got his he got his focus in the wrong place. He had mm-hmm. to get his focal discipline back on. The waves were still there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say Jesus flattened the waves off yet. Mm-hmm. The waves were still there. The wind was still crazy. Peter had to learn to focus mm-hmm. and look at Christ. And yeah. that's I think mm-hmm. a Christian's issue here is they think Christ is supposed to just make all the problems disappear and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. What we're supposed to do is focus all our spiritual everythingness, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I'm being just me here today. I'm not being overly theological right now. <laughs> uh it's it's a lazy day, y'all. Anyway. It's the intention is to get us to look at Christ, to get the mm-hmm. look at the Lord. Oh, when's my problems going away? No, no, no. Wait a minute. You're missing the point. If you will look at Jesus, even though the problems are still there, you will walk above them. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to shore, who cares if the problems are still there? You're on shore mm-hmm. now. So what? And so now I look at Psalm 4 and 8, and it's with that discipline of learning how to concentrate on the Lord that you can do this. Psalm 4 verse 8. It says, in peace, 
I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And, you know, there is a point, even though there, he said in the New Testament that we would have tribulation, there is a sense of, of when we are following God's ways, when we walk in the righteousness and holiness of God through Jesus Christ, there is a supernatural safety that he puts over our mind, our heart. and Despite even, what's going on. Right. And even our daily lives. The, the Bible's full of times that he took care of his people beyond the events that were going on. Now, persecution is another thing. He allows, you know, seasons of persecution happen over history, and which is a whole nother subject. But even then, those people had such their heart and mind set on the Lord that they trusted him even to the point of death. Yeah. Of, of the martyrs, of course, I'm speaking. But the, and this, the, the psalmist is like you're saying, is when he slept at night, it's like, Lord, no, my problems. And I'm just thinking what he may have been meditating on as he wrote this. All my troubles may not be resolved. I may have enemies roundabout, things that I'm dealing with, you know, other countries attacking my kingdom, etc. But I will dwell in safety. I will rest in the fact that you are my king. And th- this being King David, he was helped by the Lord many, many times supernaturally by many resources and many people over over his lifespan as he walked with God. So hopefully, similarly, we don't do what Peter did and get our eyes on the waves and yeah. not on the Lord. Like you said, I like that point that you made. It's not that the fact that the waves go away, they'll, they'll pass eventually. But during the season of the waves, where are we focusing? Are we focusing on the fact that, oh, no, well, God, why did you allow these waves in my life? You know, why are they there? Or are we looking at, hey, I will be with you always. I will be your strength. I will be your peace. Trust in me. I have overcome the world. If I really, really trust God who gave his son and his life for me, and I've truly given him my life, do I trust him with it? Mm-hmm. So it comes down to that. Even if on this boat, if I capsize and my, my days are over, if it's time for me to go, the question becomes, do I trust him? Yeah. And will I trust him with those that I leave behind? And I, I Ray, one time I was actually in the hospital for something. I had become very sick and I was, I felt like I was fading in and out. I literally felt like I was slipping out in my spirit mm. and I was praying. I was conscious enough. I could pray within myself. I couldn't speak. And I was, my eyes were closed. And the experience I had though, was the thing I thought about was my wife. And I, I said, Lord, I was praying and I was meditating with my heart. If it's time for me to go, I know you'll take care of my wife. That's the trust. I'm, and I'm not saying, oh, look at me, but that's just an example. Yeah. I had to come to that point. Right. I mean, I had, you know, I felt like I literally was slipping out. And I'm thinking, is it my time? Yeah. I was that close that I had to think about that moment. And I found my answer in my heart was, Lord, if it is, one, I know where I'm going yeah. because of my faith in you, not because of what I've done, because of my faith. But you will take care of my wife. If it is lit, I, and are we at that point in it? You know, that didn't come easy. I've been walking with the Lord going on in a couple of years, it'll be 40 years. It's not an automatic thing or thought process. You have to learn to trust in the Lord over time and in situations. And I think those trials, like you just spoke of, the waves, so to speak, uh, the trial in our life is designed to, to refine and improve and strengthen test our trust it, in to Him. Test it, right. I, I like how we just read in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. Now, I know a lot of people that can lie down at night, mm-hmm. but they won't sleep right, <laughs> because right. their head's running a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? That's a red flag, friends, that there's something wrong 
with your trust in the Lord God, when you are so worried to death that you can't even sleep at night. Mm-hmm. I know some people they can't even eat. They can't, they, they can't rest. They're strained. It's, this is not going to do anything to you, but put you in the grave early. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it says in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone. Oh Lord, make me dwell in safety, which is what you were just talking about, Mike. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're going to, the Lord will make you dwell in safety. It's up to you whether you're going to trust that. Right. Uh, you've got to trust it. It's only going to hurt you if you don't. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we kind of knocked on Peter a little bit before, mm-hmm. you know, staring at the waves and the, the wind and all that right. stuff. But I want to give Peter a little credit here, okay? Because later on in his life, he got thrown in prison and he was asleep. And the angel come in to wake him up and had to kick him to wake him up. Okay. Now, excuse me, Mike. If somebody was going to throw me in prison tonight, I don't think I'd be sleeping too good. You'd be banging on the bars okay. with a cup. It's like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. You know, I'd be flipping out. It's like, who are these guys in the cell with me? Are they going to beat me up? Or, you know, I would be bothered. I'm, I'm taken out of my routine. I'm not mm-hmm. at home with my puppy dog, you know, and uh-huh. all this stuff. I'm yeah. bothered by this. Well, mm-hmm. Peter's just, he's asleep. Mm-hmm. The angel had to come kick him. Hey, dude, get up. <laughs> I'm trying to get you out of here. Let's go. Yeah. And, um, you know, for the guy that was scared of the waves and the wind before, now he's in prison and he's that far asleep. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like you said, I'll have to turn this over to my wife. Peter's like, hey, you know what? I'm in prison. God's got this. I'm going to bed, man. I'm just mm-hmm. going to renew my energy. He went to sleep. Angel had yeah. to kick him to wake him up. So, <laughs> And the point, you know, and uh, not part of the, but like I said, not picking on Peter too much, but how many got out of the boat to walk on the water? Yeah, yeah. One, one yeah. out of twelve. I can just see Peter. Hey, looking back at the rest of the other guys. <laughs> hey, I at least got out. Y'all didn't do anything. Yeah. So you know, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. I mean, you really gave it up to the Lord, like you said in your story. Take care of my wife if it mm-hmm. comes to this, right? So, okay, in Isaiah 32, in verse 17, it says, And the effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness, and trust forever. Man, Mike, I see a lot of elements in this that says there's something wrong with our culture. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the effects of of righteousness, you know, it almost seems like an old-fashioned word. You know, you say it and like, like people look at you weird, like, righteousness. What are you talking about? Oh, sounds well, so biblical. Yeah, and but but look at some of the effects. Do you like peace? Well, yeah. Okay. Even people that aren't in peace want peace. Mm-hmm. They right. they okay. You flip on the the TV show. They got some housewife show where all these women are just killing each other, going on, calling each other names. Uh, the result of their righteousness is supposed to be quietness. And if you're not quiet, I mean, you've just got to go at it with people. I mean. Somebody says something to you, well, by goodness, I'm going to say something back. They ain't going to tell me that. Oh, no, 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 no. The effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness is quietness. Oh, man, those words right there alone says a lot about mm-hmm. what our culture is really doing because there's no peace. Everybody's arguing with everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. We got Republicans and Democrats, conservative, liberal. Neither side is backing down, and they're going to fight the other one to the death, okay? And it's just going to destroy everybody along the way. And everybody hates the other side. They won't sit down and talk because there is no peace. Mm -hmm. And because there's no peace, what's wrong with that? There's no righteousness. Mm -hmm. Where's the righteousness? If there was righteousness in this country, like we keep claiming, Mm -hmm. oh, the United States was founded on Christian principles. Okay, well, it might have been. But it abandoned those principles a long time ago. 
the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust for five minutes. Doesn't say that. No, it says trust forever. Forever. And again, trust for the Lord, not for just the here and now. Again, not that all our difficulties and troubles will going to be resolved and everything's hunky-dory. And And trust while things are going well for me. Yeah. It's not (laughs) conditional. I will trust you no matter what. It makes that uh, scenario always makes me think of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were told by the king that if you don't bow down to this statue of me and worship it, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And they said, "So be it. We trust that God will, you know, He'll rescue us from the the fiery furnace." But if not, we will still trust. We'll and you know, Mike, him. when they just stood there, mm-hmm. I don't think they marched up and down and shouted, I'm going to write my congressman. I'm going to, you know, right. none of this stuff right. that people do today. Oh, you just try to make me bow. I'll show you. I think they probably just stood there. Mm-hmm. They, I would probably be right. praying. Maybe they were praying with each other. They weren't getting all dramatic like we right. would probably do today. But the, guys, there are certain things that righteousness will produce. Right. It will it will happen, uh, it, and and it has to be followed to the biblical formula that right. says the way it's going to go. If you have righteousness, this is what's going to happen. And friend, let me let me those of you listening, if you're having a problem trusting God, and believe me, I've been there, and sometimes I get there. But if you want to have true peace in the Lord Jesus Christ, first off, you got to accept Him, right, Mike? You got to right. you got to accept Him truly as mm-hmm. Lord, and what that means, Lord, is He runs everything. Right. There's the trust element. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go to sleep at night. Oh, how am I going to pay the rent? What am I going to do about my health? This, that, and the other. Oh, what am I going to do? You let God deal with it. You let the Lord deal with it. You already know you can't deal with it. It's already beyond you. And there's a reason it's beyond you mm-hmm. is so that you will put your trust in the Lord God. That is the effect of righteousness. And you don't have to get mad and cut people down and chew them out and go go to war with everybody to get what you want mm-hmm. for your peace. You know what? When you trust in the Lord, Mike, you can afford to be quiet. Mm-hmm. You don't have to raise raise the roof off the house to try to get things done because the Lord's going to deal with it, isn't he? Yeah, and the very word righteousness, you know, you mentioned being a true, making Jesus our true Lord and Savior. And part of that, say, our righteousness becomes from his righteousness. It's not it's of not, our own. It's not our own. It's it not comes that, from him. It's not that I'm a good person. It's like not a branch that, off a of vine. Right, right. Because I accept that cleansing blood from the Lord to forgive me and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness, that he is my righteousness. So even though this is an Old Testament scripture, the new covenant that was made fulfilled by his death, burial and resurrection again, that we could be free from our sin and be righteous before him or made right before him by that sacrifice. And from the result, again, is finding this peace and trust that, hey, this guy died for me. He died Mm, to pay for the penalty of my eternal death sentence, basically, because of my sin, my sin nature. Can you trust somebody like that? If And, you know, a lot of you military folks, and again, for those who are military, we appreciate your service and your, your dedication and those who have risked their lives on the front lines. But if you have some uh, somebody who served with you and they risked their life for you, it's like you trust that person. You see very strong bonds of trust between military personnel, especially if they were active duty in, uh, in, a, in front lines or at a war.
Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. Be set.